Spook. Oh, sorry. Right. I didn't. I know you're a little on edge right. after uh, playing your uh, your game that you got for us here today, man. Right. Are you gonna be okay? Do you hear, do you hear something? Right. I do. Spooky ghosts. Nobody, looking nobody's 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 thinking around here. No one's using their brain around here. Are they? I know. Right. It's it's crazy. It's it's almost it's almost as if this is some sort of a lead-in right. to the introduction of right. a zombie game. Oh. oh, very nicely done, Jeff. Oh man, Garrett, I got a saying, don't I? Uh, What's that? What, sure I got do. I got that Which slogan, one? right? The, <laughs> I got a lot of sayings, and I got a. I, it's sort of like my catchphrase, right? Yeah. Uh, boy, I sure do love zombies, tomatoes, zombies, zombies, and tomatoes, but mostly zombies. That's I say it every day, and I especially say it back in two thousand and eight. Maybe between the years of like 2008, 2012, when there was just a, a ubiquitous amount of zombie movies being published, zombie media being published. That was like when Walking Dead first popped around, right? Yep. Yeah, Walking Dead, looking here on the wiki page, it debuted in 2010. I think the pilot episode came earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, season one started in 2010. Yeah, just the height of zombie mania. You had zombie land. You had pretty much anything you want you get a zombie and and i got a question for you guys do you count the movies where they're like oh it's a disease and it's driving people crazy like 28 days later like do you count that as a zombie movie yeah Um, i think zombies just can't i mean they i zombie movie for me is if there's a horde and if they Mm -hmm. just focus on just eating or i mean how they don't have to necessarily eat them but just kill you know mindlessly they just no kind of melded what. it though yeah. with the uh, people get infected thing like it, right. it used to be yeah. zombies were like sort of this you know undead. demonic yeah mythical undead they don't know why they raise yeah. back from the dead and then they started mixing it with like biological infections and like the resident evils and yeah. you know plants versus oh well, not plants versus, all, but yeah. all i need all i need for a zombie is is, is the three the three zeds uh you got <laughs> you got the uh the hive mind <laughs> you are making this up off, off the top you of your head the, you got keep, the keep horde going, please and you got the uh you got the infection factor. so technically critters is a zombie film is what you're telling me i'm okay with that <laughs> welcome to roll and move the internet's only <laughs> podcast that rambles on and on about zombies but more importantly that takes a look at bad board games bad party games bad card games and we break them down for your listening pleasure i am your first co-host and one of the creators of rough draft games thomas youngerberg and with me here as always is i'm garrett lively i eat my bowl of brands without any milk Ooh, tough guy and also with us is Jeff Lee, uh, sheeple is a euphemism for zombie brain. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Alex Jones has been talking about. Really, he's just preparing for the uh, the inevitable hordes that are going to be coming. Exactly. We're all of all of our brains are slowly melting from cell phone use and all these other mm-hmm. things, and one day we're just gonna snap. Hey man, I don't know about 5G. I'm not I'm not completely sold <laughs> on it yet. And now the people that were wearing foil hats. Like, you know, back like 10 years ago, we thought they were crazy. Now we're yeah. like, man, that might be a pretty good idea. I know. Maybe it's just the older that you get, just the more scared you naturally become as a human being. <laughs> but I don't know. When I was like, oh, 5G rollout, no testing, assuming it's safe. Okay. Yeah, I'll wait. <laughs> 
All right. We are going to be taking a look at a different crime against humanity today. We're going to be taking a look at, uh, what is this game called that we got here, Garrett? We have Zombies, the card game. <laughs> Mobile Edition. <laughs> See, they were the first ones to really coin the term zombies on a board game. So that's the reason why it has such a really bad title. Yeah. It's just zombies. Yeah, it was so generic. Like, I saw this in the in the in Half Price books, um, mm-hmm. and the art is that you know the art kind of drew me to it but i was just drawn as far as like why i'd want to put this on our our podcast is like it's so generic in the title like i just don't like who puts like super generic yeah Yeah. just like zombies that's the name of the game um it's it took us like 10 minutes to find this on board game geek because of how many zombie board games there are Mm -hmm. it is a genre in and of itself and it's like they just called Mm -hmm. this it, it's it, like how they just called this comedy movie. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, in, in, in slight defense to them, you know, a good chunk of those games are their own. So, like, this is, so this is Twilight Creations uh, Zombies the Card Game, um, which I believe is a reimagining of the original Zombies, um, not to be confused with Zombies 2, Zombie Corpse, or Zombies 3, uh, Mall Walkers, or Zombies 3.5, Not Dead Yet, or Zombies 4, The End, or Zombies 5, Schools Out Forever, or Zombies 6, Six Feet Under, or Zombies 6.66, Zombies 7, Zombies 8, Zombies 9, or Zombies X. This is Zombies. <laughs> and if you get the those confused, I'm glad that we have a sort of Somo- <laughs> a zombie sommelier in the form of zombie who can tell us a zombie who can tell us all the difference differences and intricacies oh my goodness i i in can't board game entries yeah so i mean I, i'll just say that it, you know they were doing this back in you know 2001 or whatever so right at the 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 i don't know the apex or right when the you started to go up in that ramp of just exponential call that jump in the shark here mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so i i did a quick i did a quick search you know we like i said we saw thousands of zombie games um i did a little uh search on board game geek um, and I sorted zombie games by year published, and I, I kind of wanted to see when this started to when the sh- when the sh- when the shark was jumped. Start identifying the trend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there have been a, with with date published uh, listed as a stat, there have been eight hundred. <laughs> I'm sorry, nine hundred. Oh my and god. Eight zombie games released. Okay. Nine hundred and eight. And that's for, just with the name zombie games. in the name, right? Uh, this is with the zombie classification on Board ah, Game Geek. It oh. has its own category. Oh, so. God. <laughs> yeah. if, is there any way that you can see when most of those were yeah, published? Yeah, so I, I did like this. I did this. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, boy. Yeah. So I, there, I, I noticed a huge discrepancy, okay? So the mm-hmm. first zombie game came out in 1978. Um, and Man, then... Way, way before his time. Right, right. Okay. And so I, I took from 1978 to 2000. All right, so that I, I I define that as a uh, zombies hadn't caught on yet. The okay. pre-era. I got, I, got, I got a joke. I got a joke here for you, Jeff. It was so before its time. It was called Zomben. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Sorry about that. You can go ahead and continue. <laughs> Good God. And now we're doing puns, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this has been roll and move, everybody. Thank you. We'll be here all week. <laughs> All right, so 1978 to 2000. Okay, so again, 908 zombie games. How many of those were created from 1978 to 2000? Any guesses? 1978 uh, to 2000? I'm going to guess 30. I'm going to guess 70. 11. 
Oh my god. Whoa! Eleven games. Eleven. That's it? No eleven zombie games came out between 1978 and 2000. So uh, 22 years. Dang, and even that's in crazy. the 80s. So from that's 2000 nuts. to now. 2019, 19 years, 897 zombie games have been released. Jesus. Uh, according according to the uh, sort by published date on Board Game Geek. So man, what happened? <laughs> what a weird so, trend. It's a, it's a, it was just a bunch of people. It was it was same. It was around that era that it was like, oh, it's cool to be a nerd. Thing really came up. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like you know, all, there was a lot. Wait, can you can you movement. correlate this with uh, the number of Spencer stores that have popped up throughout? <laughs> Or hot topics that have popped up. I think them you all. probably could. They're probably think, really well overlapped. Unfortunately, it, I do not have that stat. Oh, I don't think Board Game Geek is tracking that stat. I also feel like well, the same trend happened with bacon for some reason. Like bacon became a thing over that. It was like same, an ironic push. Yeah, yeah. like around that yeah. same time period. Like people that were really into bacon were really into zombies. Like it's just mm-hmm. kind of this weird yeah. counterculture. Really into bacon. Really into zombies, and then they got really into Cthulhu. Yeah. And then they got really into just like general sci-fi stuff. Yeah, counterculture, it, cult classics yeah. things were like becoming the norm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, and that's the that's the weird thing about it is all this counterculture stuff is totally now the norm. Yep. So now, how do you be punk rock in a day and age where everyone is the protege of what we thought punk rock was? <laughs> This, I don't is, know. this is getting too deep for uh, rolling. Yeah, I want to know what Converse sales were like at that time, too, and all that stuff. Um, so, Jeff, who's responsible for this game? Who, who published this thing, huh? So, there's two publishers. Um, one was Edge Entertainment, and the other one was Twilight Creations. We did some digging into Edge Entertainment. If you go to their website, um, you're going to have to use Google's Translate option because they think it's primarily in, uh, in Spanish. Mm-hmm. But they get commissioned to, um, I think, relocalize a ton of different games. What were, what were some of the games mm-hmm. that you guys found again? Um, I found the Munchkin franchise on there. I found uh, a bunch of the like Cthulhu games on there. Yeah. I can't remember what that what that brand was called. Um, um, it's uh, HP Lovecraft's. Um, I forgot yeah. what it was called, but yeah, Arkham Horror. Was it called Dark Horror? Maybe I think Arkham Horror was on there, but I, you're I think you're right on the money when it comes to relocalizing these games because they offer Spanish language and French language instructions, but nothing else. Mm-hmm. But you do see a lot of a lot of different. Uh, they all oh they have Warhammer and they also do Z-Man games. Okay, so they really they really narrow in and focus on. Okay. I mean, re I, I, retranslating and republishing these games yeah. in Europe where they normally wouldn't get right. see much FaceTime. Yeah, so I think that's pretty much localization as mm-hmm. far as that goes. I, I think Twilight right. Creations is the bigger, um, yeah, responsible party for this. Yeah, um, right. And Twilight Creations. Do you want to tell them a little bit about Twilight Creations there, Gary? Yeah. So they have, like I mentioned, with all those zombie titles, they've pretty much built their brand on on zombies. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I guess for their credit, you know, they were doing it. The original zombies came out in 2001, so right at the beginning of that, like I said, that when you start to ramp up that apex, um, I'd even say they were ahead of the curve. Yeah, in yeah, 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 sure, yeah, that's sure. still pretty yeah. early. Sure, absolutely, yeah. and, and you know, with zombies, so like they ahead of another curve is they started doing miniatures um, back in 2001, which has been mm-hmm. a huge, huge, huge craze. You know, with these kickstarters, like um, you have to have miniatures to to raise like millions of dollars on Kickstarter now, but they they were doing it. Um, a little bit before, you know, not cert- they certainly weren't the first to do it, but they were definitely ahead of their time. Um, and they had this elaborate, you know, map system um, that was actually, you know, you know, pretty cool from what I can tell. I 
full disclosure, I haven't played zombies. Um, this is just me doing a little bit of research, but um, they do have some some nice takes on it. Uh, the the game design, um, the art is is honestly pretty great. It's very you know zombie dark comic style. You know, like it's gory, it's bloody, um, it's yeah, dark. yeah, real like mid like Gra- mid two thousand graphic novel fringy, yeah, yeah, graphic mm-hmm. novel, gritty, dirty. Yeah, it's it's graphic novel like and it. and also it's a little bit of like the horror film trope like a lot of the, a lot of the stuff you see like the old the you know the, I don't, what do you call those like black squares on the side of the film reel whatever the, those are called you know what i'm talking about yeah 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 so they, they have like that on a lot of them it, mm-hmm. almost like you know your your vhs's of of the of the <clears throat> 90s when when I, I guess zombie movies were big popular i, right. I don't know um so yeah I, I love the art you know and and they they keep that consistently throughout their games um but kind of what we want to focus on today is they made what they called the mobile edition in the card game which tries to what well, I, I think streamline the original version of zombies which was a, a survival game one person is trying to make it to the helipad and escape from all the zombies and you know kind of screw everybody else don't work together um, right get out yeah. it comes with a big board too right mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Yeah. Big board, different locations. Um, you build your board, and, I think. And, and right? I think, yeah, you, you construct the board. I'm not sure if it changes from game to game. I'm not sure how much it changes from game to game. But, yeah, you basically connect these roadways right. in di- different locations. Um, so, yeah, we're looking today at the uh, the card game version of it. And I think we should just go ahead and open up the box and tell everybody what's inside. What's in the box? What's in the box? <clears throat> um, so, like I said, uh, and actually the first thing you pointed out, Thomas, was this box is unnecessarily big for what's inside, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Like, so w- when I saw that Garrett had opened up the box, the first thing that I noticed was there are two gigantic paper dividers that hold the <laughs> cards steady in the middle of this thing. Because this this box is probably about... Sponsored by Lay's? It's it's pretty big. It's about the size of a Balderdash box. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe like, like a Codenames box. Yeah, yeah like, like a Codenames code code box. Like yeah. a half-size normal box or whatever. Mm-hmm. All there is, there's not, there's a dice and a sleeve of cards. That's it. You could have fit this thing in half the size of a Cards Against Humanities box or a Choking Hazard box. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you don't need the extra space, and they, but they got it. You know what's kind of funny is we talked about um, some of our previous episodes like uh, Battle of the Sexes and and Lie Detector. Like they had the exact same setup at a die and some cards, and they, mm-hmm. I, and maybe it's a credit to the you know <coughs> designers or the publishers knowing what's cost effective. And so they just put the cards in a nice little thing. Yeah, exactly. I think the dice in there, I have Um, this opinion that, um, they probably had a couple of the previous ones use the same box. And then like you're saying, it's maybe it's cost effective or maybe mm -hmm. they wanted to be able to stack all their games up and they wanted them all to be the exact same size. So that if you see it on a shelf, it looks nice and like chronological. It's a possibility. Yeah. I I don't, I don't actually, I would assume they need a bigger box for the the original one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know that. Uh, but yeah, like Thomas said, there are 104 uh, cards and then a single black die, um, your standard six-sided die, and then a one-page, I guess, well, it's a you know a sheet of paper folded in half to make four pages. Wait, um, you said there's 104 well, cards? 104 cards. So it's hilarious because they literally did two card deck sizes. <laughs> they just like, oh, let's just do two of them and that'll be enough cards. Yeah, yeah. They just did yeah. a multiple of that. Yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's a funny note. Yeah, you're, you're right about that. <laughs> um so from there yeah let's talk about the rule book uh i was actually pretty pleased with the rules they're fairly streamlined um it just goes through the setup everybody gets their uh deck of 18 cards 
They take three of those cards, flip them over, and those are your bullets. And then on your turn, uh, you play the top card of your deck. Um, each card is double-sided on the face-down side. So the the side that's the top of your deck, it's a map. Um, and generally, it tells you a building or a street, and it tells you how many zombies are located there. And then on the back side, it's a card that'll... Um, have different powers anything from like add two to your dice roll and according um, to them having a having using both sides of a card is quote innovative right oh yes ground (laughs) no no groundbreaking oh my god groundbreaking uh yeah the groundbreaking card design allows for each card to be used with a card effect printed on the front or as location as indicated by the card's back um and i'll say this is a nice mechanic i wouldn't say that it's groundbreaking on their part i, I i'm sure, certainly sure they're not the first ones not in 2012 at least um so yeah uh each side of the card on the on the other side like i said there's different powers i'm not going to go through all the card effects but um suffice it to say it affects something you know it adds zombies it adds to you, your ability to kill zombies it lets you draw cards whatever um then on your turn you're gonna play a map and then however many zombies there are say there's three zombies you're going to roll a, a die you roll it if you get a four five or six you kill the zombie if you don't you have to find a way to kill the zombie and so to do that you look at your discard pile those are your bullets so say i roll a one i would need to get to a four so i'm going to add three bullets to it um, when you expend those bullets they go on the bottom of your draw deck and the first player to get to the bottom of their draw deck wins they quote unquote found the helipad um, and then, you know, turn goes around. Uh, the only other mechanic is if you don't have enough bullets to kill the zombies, you have to take cards from the bottom of the map deck, effectively increasing your deck size, making it harder for you to find the helipad or get to the bottom of your and deck. And prolonging the game. Prolonging the game, <laughs> indeed. Uh, and then one other thing, um, if you kill a zombie, you get to draw a card from your deck, so that's how you kind of cycle through it. If you have to use the map cards that are in the center of the table, uh, you do not get to draw a card. So you want to be able to have enough bullets on hand yourself to, to kill the zombies. So, yeah, and that's pretty much it. Those are the rules. And, you know, it's, you know, fairly simple. And you, there are seemingly a lot of decisions and uh, is with all the variable, you know, powers that the cards introduce and mm-hmm. the different combinations of things they can do. Um that being said, I didn't feel like I had a lot of decisions to make in this. I don't know about you guys. I I was actually struggling to make the decisions because I had I don't know if it's because we played this, you know, through webcam, we play this digitally like we always do, but mm-hmm. like I was going through I was keeping notes on a notepad as far as what cards I had in my hand and what their abilities were and when would be the right time to use them. Uh I as far as the decisions go, when to when to play a card it's mostly comes when is when is it going to be most effective to enact uh, take that mechanic in which you're going to Mm -hmm. uh add two zombies to the amount that jeff is fighting or to uh it's if if you're not there and present and you can sort of see like what their cards are and i felt like i missed a little bit of that in the way that Uh, we played it like i just wasn't aware what other people had how heavy, the, how thick their stack was left that they're trying to get to the bottom to in order to win. I, so I wasn't sure when to make the decisions. I kind of, I kind of agree with that. And on the other hand, I think they actually even handicapped that. And the reason 
they did. The reason I think they did that is because they make all the cards, um, in order to play them, they're so specific. Like, in order to play some cards, the army surplus store has to be the top map card, you know? So it's like you have, like, one or two chances during the game to actually play this card, so you better take it when it does come up, right? Like, you're if you if you kind of wait, it's not going to come up again, yeah, most exactly. likely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, if you think of a game like Munchkin and it has that take back, take back mechanic, yeah, I totally agree with your point that you could look over to Jeff and be like, oh, he's about to win the game. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do this. But I think, mm-hmm. yes, I mean, potentially that could happen. But I think for the most part, it's just so specific when you could play these cards, it almost eliminated the decision entirely. Um, right, yeah, I, I just I, felt I, like yeah, you couldn't I, use half the cards most of the time. Mm-hmm. I, for instance, had a bunch of cards that would go into effect if a player got eliminated and you can only play one card um, in between, or you can only play one card from the time you start your turn until it's your turn again. And so I played a card on my turn basically just to survive. And then Jeff got eliminated and I couldn't use any of those cards, you know, for the rest of the game (laughs) because at that point (laughs) it was just me and Thomas left. So either I was going to win the game or, or not. Um, So I I will say Jeff did a very, a very, sweet version of uh <laughs> <laughs> trying to bring me down with him <laughs> it was pretty nice did what i could yeah yeah, yeah. And, and so i i don't know i i think the cards were just way too specific as far as when you could use them and, you know it's, and a lot of them are yeah they're useful but it's just mm. you have to use it situationally yeah. so situationally it takes the decision out of it and it, it becomes less of a game and more of a simulation Right, as some of our previous games have been. Jeff, what do you think about sort of the gameplay aspects, general thoughts of uh, going through it? Yeah, I I agree with Garrett. I think they had the illusion of choice in the game. Um, I, I I thought it was just me. I thought I, at first, until we discussed it afterwards, I thought I just got unlucky with some cards that I didn't feel like were that useful um, or impactful on, on every turn. Um, mm-hmm. Like some of my cards were like, oh um discard a couple cards to pull another card from the discard pile but you know the discard pile only had certain again situational cards so i felt like that card wasn't even useful so (laughs) it's just it just i kept getting cards and cards that just weren't useful to me i felt like um if they wanted to make the game better they could have expanded maybe a bit on the bullet mechanic um where you maybe could have earned bullets in different ways uh the bullet mechanic was basically once you'd used a card uh, that card could was then used as a bullet to augment Mm -hmm. your roll uh, so that you can meet a dice check, and then after that, um, it get discarded. So I think yeah, that yeah. I think that could have been a little bit better. Um, and they, you know, that cards could have been more useful in that way, or or most of your cards could have augmented your bullet mechanic or your dice rolls. But there are only a few cards that did that. So I yeah, I like think that's a really good better. point, Jeff. And I think honestly, that's a pretty simple fix. Like for example, in the situation I had just laid out, where I had all these cards that I could only use if a player was eliminated. Just have a, just have something you can do with every card, right? Instead of playing the card for its intended effect, use it to add to your bullet pile, right? It's, right. it's super simple, and, and that gives you a single decision that it's like, hey, do I hold on to this card because it might be useful later on, but it's so specific? Or do I just go ahead and take the guaranteed bullet? Yeah, um, exactly. And I, and I think that would improve the game immensely just by making that very oh, simple. Yeah, yeah, because then you'd always be able to use a card, and if they wanted to do some balancing too, they could make you know super powerful skill cards be trade it mm-hmm. into more bullets so then you're mm-hmm. making a decision okay do i want to take bullets now so for immediate effect or do i want to maybe hold on for this maybe super situational thing later on down the road though it is powerful in that situation so then you're making a you know a pretty big decision there but yeah it, it, it the way as it stands today it didn't seem yeah. like it was quite right 
Because bullets are worth way more than half the other cards that you get. Yeah. Like, I had an army surplus card that I was hanging on to, and I never got to use it because it could only be used in one specific location. And it, is it in the rules, Garrett? You can't just straight up discard a card, right, without using it? Uh, correct. I, right. Yeah. So you're stuck with that card throughout the game until you either find the army surplus store or you find, you find another card that lets you discard the card, mm-hmm. right? So... I feel like having the option to turn them into bullets or because bullets are so valuable in the game and you're going to be using those a lot more than probably the effects of most of the cards. It's, it's crucial Mm -hmm. and it would be, it'd be such a, such an improvement on what we're working with right now. I think it's kind of similar to what we talked about with alien hotshots, where there are some very good ideas here that are like nebulously floating around, but didn't quite land, you know? It's just like, you know, if they brought those things together, it opens up so much more strategy. But like we said, it's just the illusion of choice with most of these cards. Like, yeah, it would be cool if we triggered this, but most of the time you have no control over whether that gets triggered or not. I also feel like what they probably struggled with was um, they probably had a lot of design baggage from their previous games. Like, so the other zombie games are meant to be Mm -hmm. a longer playthrough, a, a traditional board game where it might last, you know, a couple hours. Like 90 minutes right here. Right. Yep. And they try to make it into this, they call, they call it a mobile board game, but basically it's a, a quicker version. Um, but I still felt like the rules were a little bit heavy. And if they had made the gameplay a lot faster and smoother um, with some of the same elements where you're eliminating zombies, um, even if it was with a dice roll, I feel like the game would have run a lot smoother. So I think I, they just kind of still held on to some of the game mechanics that are probably in some of the other games. They tried to port those into sort of a a quicker or faster play style. And it just didn't it kind of fell flat in my opinion. Yeah. I, you know, honestly, I think I disagree with the, what, what you said about making the rules simpler. I think, I think, I think the rules were simple enough uh, for a mobile edition, but I do agree with your point that, you know, they tried to port too many things over from the original game. Yeah. And, and, and another point you made offline that I'd like to bring up now is that they like use the same map cards from the original game. And it just doesn't really make sense in this card game because right. most of them are just streets and it look, kind of looks like they could be connected, but you're never going to connect them, you know, cause like you, you could construct this elaborate map, this elaborate street grid mm-hmm. with all the cards, but you're just playing them all one on top of each other. And you know, like the hospital is like 90% of the card is a street. And then there's like 10% of this little building up at the top that looks like a, a hospital. And it's just, it, you know, it, it's not the focus of the card. Um, so they're kind of weighed down by trying to incorporate all these other aspects. Yeah, to reuse some of their pieces. Mm-hmm. And yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I appreciate efficiency when it comes to publishing <laughs> and manufacturing a board game. It's not cheap to redo all that art and things like that. But at the same time, you know, it, it makes the game feel, um, makes the game feel a little underdeveloped when it's, they just kind of, in, in some ways, kind of reskin their own game. Mm-hmm. To, to point out something else that you mentioned, Jeff, is sort of a flaw of the art itself because it looks like they tried to, uh, take the board and put it onto the card backs to have these different locations. That actually makes some of the cards almost identifiable from looking at the yep. back of the card, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And this is this is a bad thing to have in this game because there are other cards that let you steal something from someone's discard pile, look at the person's top three cards, select one, and put it on top. So you're not necessarily supposed to know what mm-hmm. cards the other person has or what cards are coming up, but the art itself makes it identifiable. I thought that was really funny when you pointed that. Yeah, out. exactly. So, for example, the gas station, I think it, um, it could have been, if you flip it over, it could be like one of two different card types. So you're pretty sure 
I, if I look at Garrett and I see that he's got a gas station, I, I could I know what you those cards are. Yeah, a 50 50 shot of knowing what that card is. And maybe I can sort of prepare for both scenarios. And that just makes it a lot easier mm-hmm. for me to figure out um, if I'm, if, especially in a game that is a take that semi, take that kind of game with that mechanic, I can kind of understand and get ready for what might be thrown my way. So, yeah, I right. think, I think I agree with you on that. Um, <clears throat> I, I would say, I mean, with 104 cards, yeah, mostly, there, there's people, a ton of cards in the game. That. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but I think if, you know, say this becomes somebody's favorite game, I definitely, I could definitely see that becoming a case. Where right. Or even if, or even for example, there's becomes one or two cards that we start to identify as a lot more, a lot stronger than yeah, some of the other yeah, cards. Absolutely. You'll if, see, if you just, you'll know exactly. It's just the most powerful card. Yeah. yeah. Oh shit. Gas station's coming up. I know what this is, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I, I think I agree with that. Um, even though the basic premise of this game is based on, you know, your 50% probability right. of, of something happening right. and then you modifying it based on that, I, I think I, I think I generally agree with that sentiment. You've heard what we have to think about sort of the mechanics. Now, let's. Uh, I think it might be a good time to take a look at uh, over at Board Game Geek or Amazon or wherever we can find reviews mm-hmm. to see if we can sort of gather a, a general consensus of this game. And one here from uh, Sean XOR. Uh, he gave the game a six, but he said that I felt like this game takes out the worst part of zombies, roll to move and drawn out end game, but it also takes out the best parts, which was making the city zombie infested one tile at a time. Um, so it seems like the people who are familiar with the franchise maybe kind of miss the whole exploration aspect of the game mm-hmm. uh, that you sort of lose in the mobile version. So maybe it didn't really transition that well yeah i have one from jason myers who i think he either was a fan of or had played the original zombies game um and he kind of thinks that the the card game takes out what's good about the the original game right and but he says actually he says this is not a good game i have no idea what led me to believe this would be a good game this is based on a board game that is not that great and they took out the things that were good in it Um, (laughs) they made a bad game worse is what yeah, they, he says the game is over with simple. You have zero decisions to make, and some of the cards don't really make sense. It was like they had cards left over from the board game, so they made a card game out of it, except for the fact that the map is on the back of the cards. <laughs> <laughs> Automatic purge, he says. Revolutionary, Gary. Revolutionary. Groundbreaking. It's groundbreaking to save money. Um, well, okay, hold on. On that point, I will say that I it, I thought that was a good design mechanic. of like You have these cards that are multi-functional. Uh, and it, it's a cool way to use almost like an HP system. Um, that being said, I groundbreaking. I, I'm I'm staying away from. I think it would have been fine if it, if it wasn't a core part of the game. Like it, so everyone has to play the map cards. I think if it was something where you made a choice to play one side or the other, um, mm-hmm. then it would have been a little bit better. And that maybe they're fundamentally different. You know, I, if if they gave you a choice in the mechanic, I think it would be better. I I, I would argue that it was the best game design technique they used in this game so take that for what you will short list um <laughs> so i got a there's a review here from um ali lambda from italy if anyone knows the way that this game should be played for fun let me know i'm not kidding a friend of mine bought it for 20 dollars. regret <laughs> yikes <laughs> how much you get this one for care three bucks not bad Ooh, not, not bad. bad i think i i found something that might really sum up everything here uh this person rated it a seven out of ten a little high but he said uh, Jim Zick said, better than a lot of other zombie crap games, this one's actually playable. Which sort of makes me think, like, where does it compare to the other amount of zombie games yeah, all that bad. are out there? <laughs> yeah. 
Is there some sort of a reputation with uh, zombie games, uh, Dead of Winter, uh, <laughs> Dead of Winter aside, that, I don't know, maybe if they're like zombie movies and that they're sort of low budget, low on the mechanic side of things, and they rely on people's love of zombies to do well. So uh, I don't know if that's just something that the genre sort of lends itself to. Are you calling all zombie fans idiots? <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. No. Okay, uh, I'd like my hashtag Hot Topic Army to come uh, tweet at Thomas Youngerberg to tell him how wrong he is for That's uh, right. hating on zombies. Did you just hate on zombies while I'm around, buddy? No one picks on fictional characters when I'm here. <laughs> Me and my Z army is going to come kill you. <laughs> All right, guys, so we've gotten to take a look at a little bit of the online consensus here. So anyone want to start off with their ratings here? Garrett, what do you think? Yeah, um... So, again, I'm I'm kind of our previous episode, Alien Hotshots. It, it's a lot of the same things. Where like I feel like there was or is a lot of promise to be had in this game, and they just didn't quite pull it all together. And I can't grade it on what was almost there. I have to grade it on what is there. And for me, this was I made almost again like I made maybe two decisions in the game. Otherwise, it was you know I was rolling dice and mm -hmm. playing the cards that I had to play in order to not die. And that's not really a decision. It's like, Hold do I want to lose right now? Yeah, exactly. Or am I not going to lose right now? <laughs> you know? Um, so for me, it's almost on autopilot, and it just, I don't know, it just wasn't, I mean, maybe that's an accurate simulation of uh, one of the zombie apocalypses, apocalypse. right? Yeah. <laughs> but again, it's, it's again, falling outside of that game category for me, and it's just a simulation. Um, so I'm actually going to rate it pretty similarly to Alien Hotshots. I, I do think it was, I think, I really do think the art is awesome. And I, I mean, I have to bump it up a little bit more because it, there is more of a game than, than war, but um, I think I'm going to give it like a, like a two. Okay. So I'll go next. Um, yeah. I think I captured, you captured a lot of the same things I was mentioning. I, I, I like the art. Um, I wish they would have incorporated the map on, in the game somehow um, because that, that, that portion of the game seemed really cool. Um, I felt like, yeah, there was just this illusion of choice and kind of too much thrown at you. And me personally, I felt like when they marketed it as a quote mobile game, um, I think it, even though the, the game mechanics were simple enough, I felt like it should have been a more streamlined game experience versus throwing like this, throwing too much at you in terms of quote choice, even though you can't really make the, those choices. So um, just kind of muddling the game mechanics just didn't, didn't sit well with me. Um, yeah, the art was cool. Um, I'm, I think it was definitely better than Alien Hot Shots. It was more of a game. I'm going to give it... I think I'm going to give it a two as well. That leaves us with me. So when I look at this game, I, I can't go as low as I did with Alien Hot Shots, um, mostly because I feel like that there were more decisions that I could make. Those decisions were curtailed, however, because they were so restricted to certain situations and circumstances that most of the time I couldn't use the cards that were in my hand. Uh, I, I did appreciate the mechanic of having the map on the back of the cards. I thought that that was kind of a, an interesting way in order to combine the uh, card assets into fairly smooth gameplay, I thought. Groundbreaking. Groundbreaking <laughs> gameplay. Uh, however, I, I don't know. I, I wasn't able to get into this one as much. Like, a lot of times we play these games, and even though we're over the webcam, we're freaking out, and, you know, we're really taking joy in hurting each other, especially when it comes to take <laughs> take that mechanics. 
But that wasn't there this time. There was a little bit of like, hey, but I almost felt like the the weight of the situation and the trying to get down to the bottom of your deck in order to discover the helipad. I I felt like that a game like this and zombie games rely a lot on your belief of the circumstances and your investment in the theme of itself. Uh, I think last night on Earth, uh, there's this one zombie game, I can't remember it, where you're moving around a map and you're playing like different survivors of a zombie uh, archetypical movie. And, you know, there's like the jock, there's the cheerleader, there's all these different people. And then there's Dead of Winter, but you have to create atmosphere in a Mm -hmm. zombie film yeah and you have to create atmosphere in a zombie game and this game just simply did not have the atmosphere that lended itself to that idea of holding on while the horde is coming for you um or maybe it's just because i got really lucky because garrett rolled really well for me (laughs) (laughs) it's too easy garrett you gotta cool off the hot hands i kept Um, but for me i'm gonna give this maybe a 2.75 I didn't think it was terrible. I didn't think it was great. Well, that brings the Rough Draft Boys average to 2.25. We are significantly lower than the 5.1 that is rated on BoardGameGeek. For comparison, Zombies, the original, was Mm -hmm. rated at 5.8. Oh, my gosh. You guys ever start to think that we're too grouchy? No. No. Is that a problem? I think people have buyer's remorse, and that's why... I think they they're too invested in it financially to to hate it. Yeah, I, I am not above pulling this game out just to make somebody else play it on the premise, you know, make them think it's a good game and uh, just like to see their reaction. I'm not mad about it at all. I just... <laughs> I'm not mad. It's not my fault. <laughs> nah, I, I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's fair assessment, you know, honestly, it's fair mm-hmm. assessment. And it, it, I, I, I try to be as positive as I can with the, the things that I, you know, like I said, I, I can't rate it on the ideas that were almost there, but I think there were some ideas that were almost there. So you're saying that you're refusing to go along with the crowd, right? You're refusing to be one of those brain-dead sheep out there who's just going to give this a high grade just because everyone else is doing that. That's, That's right. I have not played Cards me? Against Humanity. <laughs> just put that on a shirt, Garrett, so you can be <laughs> proud and you don't have to keep telling people that. <laughs> Well, if you would like to follow the crowd at home and you would like to be a mindless follower of instructions, then take heed to these next few words very well. Please go and follow us at Rough Draft Games on Twitter. We would love to chat with you guys. We would love to talk with you about everything zombies or maybe reasons why you think zombie movies are overplayed or maybe even to dig into the introspection of why zombies are made but anything all things board games and zombies we would love to chat it up with you guys so hit us up there if you'd like to hang out with us at south by southwest this year uh yeah go ahead and shoot us an email at roughdraftgames at gmail.com we will be around and uh if you want to join in on a podcast we'll even we'll even host you oh my gosh what a deal and lastly if you want to come down to roughdraftgames.com you can check out our thematic post where we'll tell you exactly what kind of bread and water to get uh with your zombie games <laughs> and lastly lastly we would be remiss if we did not thank everyone who's already given us five stars on itunes and has shared this podcast with their friends it means so much to have you guys out there uh spreading the love spreading the news and spreading what we're trying to do here and help us uh, build our little board game community and it sounds like uh oh okay we got some zombos got some zombies that are coming through the door breaking in right now Listen to the voices. 
like and subscribe. Smash the like button. Five stars.